the Welcome to the following presentation from IMG, America's home for college sports, on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Your exclusive radio home for Richmond Spiders football. Live from Outback Steakhouse, 7917 West Broad Street. This is the Spider Sports Line with head football coach Russ Huseman. Today's show is brought to you by UPS, the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Lux Chevrolet, the Virginia Department of Social Services, and Outback Steakhouse. Be a part of the show. Call us at 521-8501. Send your tweet to at Spider Voice. Text us 804-638-9508 or send an email to spidersportsline at richmond.edu. Third and 10 from the 25. Loletta throws, Brissett makes the catch and keeps those legs churning even with two defenders on him to pick up the first down at the 14-yard line. Good snap. Good hold and a good kick by Griffin Trowell. 27 yards out has given Richmond the lead, 20 to 17, with 1.29 to go. Matthews, the running back to his left. Brenneman will throw on first down to the near sideline, up in the air and intercepted. It's picked off by Daniel Jones, the sophomore safety from Williamsburg with his first spider interception. Now live, here's the voice of the Spiders, Bob Black and head coach Russ Huseman. This is the Spider Sports Line on ESPN 950, 102.7 FM and the Spider IMG Sports Network. today as if on cue they're always good people Russ but they're in a really good mood it's funny how that happens after victories right uh, yeah uh, your uh, smile they let me come is. back in uh, today which is a good thing <laughs> yes it is couldn't carry the show without you trust me welcome to the spider sports line with coach Russ Husband. I'm Bob Black week two Thursday afternoon glad you found us today if you're out and about we hope you'll come by each and every Thursday to have lunch with us and talk some Spider football. Today we'll also be talking with Spider tight end Garrett Hudson and Spider defensive lineman Andrew Clyde, who is the CAA football defensive player of the week on the heels of the Spiders' 20-17 kind of gutted-out victory at Colgate last week. And now the Spiders get a chance to play their home opener Saturday 2 o'clock against Howard. We'll get into that in a little bit. Russ, we had talked last week about making improvement from week one to week two. Uh, so let's start with the positives. Where do you think improvement was made from the Sam Houston State game to the Colgate game? Well, there was improvement, probably not as much as you'd want. Um, the, obviously, I think defensively we, we played better. Uh, I mean, that, you, you probably couldn't have played worse. So we did play better on defense. And, you know, we tackled better. So that's a good thing. Um, you know, we had some really – fine defensive efforts from a few people that really helped us out. You know, I, I think offensively, you know, it's frustrating we didn't run the ball real well, but we threw it again, uh, you know, good. And, we, you know, I think the one thing that happened in that game, and, and there were some key third-down plays that we converted that when you look back on, we needed. Um, 
you know, we, we I know Garrett's sitting right here, but the third down, I think, was that a third down catch yep. on yours, Hud? Third and 11. You know, great catch over the back of a defender. Mm-hmm. So it's an unbelievable throw and catch. And, you know, third, I think Cortrell Simpson's one was a third, and Brissett probably was a third. So, you know, we converted those offensively, but uh, probably not our finest effort uh, offensively. You know, that was my favorite stat out of the game was the third down thing. I mean, we were only 4 of 15. You obviously want to be better than that. But those three that you just referenced kept both touchdown drives alive. And they weren't easy third downs either, were they? No. No, the one one to HUD now, I'm not – yeah, that's a great catch and a a pretty good throw. But you you can't bank on that happening every third down. But – some of the third downs we converted, we didn't convert obviously near what we need to. Fourth downs 0 for 2 again. Uh, that's 0 for 5 on the year. So there's a lot of lot of stuff we got to get better at. We got to clean up. Obviously, Kyle's playing really well. Our wideouts are playing really well. So you know, there's some positives there too. We're not going for it on fourth down anymore, are we? Nope, I, you I told, told, you Durden. told Matt that at halftime. Yeah, I told Durden that after the second one. I said, book it, Durden. I don't care who begs me. We're not going for it on fourth down ever again. Because <laughs> you look at the offensive guys, man. They got them big old eyes. Come on, coach. Come on, coach. And then you pat them on the back, and then you don't convert. And So I told Durden, I said, that's it. We're, gonna, we're either going to kick a field goal or we're going to punt the ball on fourth down. Well, it'll mean more action, hopefully for your field goal kicker, more than your punter if that is the case. And I know we've told this story a couple of times now, and you shared it with Matt Smith. <laughs> on the post-game show, so Griffin Trowell comes out and misses that first field goal, and he had missed last week at Sam Houston State, and you approached him on the sideline. We could see it. It was plain as day. Take us uh, down onto that sideline, what happened there, and how close Griffin came actually to not kicking the rest of the game. Well, I I told whoever wanted to listen, and probably nobody was, (laughs) but I told anybody that was listening, I said, Cherison's kicking from here on out. And then I went up to Griff. I said, Griff, uh, that's enough. Uh, John's kicking kicking the next ball. And Griff was fine. I mean, Griff, you could say, you know, he wasn't happy, but, you know, there was no argument whatsoever from him. Great kid. And he came up to me a little while later and said, Coach, Coach, please just give me one more shot. I, I won't miss again. And I said, all right, you got one more shot, Griff. And sure enough, he came through with two big ones. You know, the game winner was huge, obviously. But the one before that was a big one, too, now. You know, with, you know, with, you know, some confidence, had to make it. Uh, so, um, proud of Griff. And, and, and I recognized him afterwards in the locker room with the rest of the players. Uh, you know, and they were excited for him, and he was really excited. I'm sure you weren't bluffing when you said that John was going to kick, but were you looking for that type of reaction from your player? I mean, as a coach, are you looking for that psychologically type of reaction? I wasn't when I did it, but I was glad that's what I got. Mm -hmm. No, when I, when I did it, I was just, no, we're going to kick John. And, and so I didn't even think about that, but when he came to me, you know, I I was pretty happy that he did that. And, and, uh, and that's when, that's when I said, all right, you got another shot. So um, it, it, you know, it's. I'm glad he did it. Now I think. Now I think he can relax and kick, and he'll kick. He he'll kick like he did last mm-hmm. year, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Kyle had another really good game, another 300-yard passing game. I think the tenth of his career now, 25 of 38. And Russ, it looks like he's found a favorite target right now in Deshaun Brissett. What a game he had! 12 catches, 159. 
Yeah, Brissett, we had a good feeling about him last spring. I know our offensive coaches really liked him in the spring. You know, last year he didn't get to play a whole lot, and probably his stats, I don't even know what his stats were last year, but I, I can't imagine he caught more than 10 balls. Um, and uh, But our guys loved him, and uh, I, I love him because just what a great kid, hard worker. He never says a word, doesn't complain. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to see he's stepping up and, and, and doing some really, really good things. So um, his family was there, which was pretty cool. I got to meet his family after the game. So, you know, it was cool for them to be there for him. And, and he's had two really good games in a row now. For those of you who don't know his family, first of all, his mom came from Canada. I think she drove like five hours to get to uh, Hamilton, New York. And then his brother, O'Shea, is a freshman basketball player at Syracuse and had the opportunity to come and watch uh, Deshaun in action. And Deshaun gave him a lot to lot to cheer about. Uh, did you meet O'Shea, the brother? I mean, I'm a Syracuse guy, Russ. I want to make sure that you saw him and you think he's going to be a star on the basketball court. I, he was kind of tall and big. I, I guess <laughs> that was him. That's good. It's good for a basketball uh, player, right? Yeah, I'm not real sure. Nobody said anything about it. <laughs> Well, he was there. Okay. Deshaun said on our postgame show that I think it's the first time his brother had seen him play since he was in high school, and you can understand that because they're both both kind of playing sports. And, you know, Deshaun grew up a basketball player. I mean, it seems like he's using some of those skills to his advantage on the football field. Uh, I, I guess, you know, he just – you know, we, we, we hit him on a couple uh, under routes that he got open on. Um He's just—he's been a real—he's been a really—I don't even want to say a surprise because we had a good feeling about him last spring. Where are you going with the running game? You got four guys back there that you know all want to get the ball. Uh, not a whole lot of yards rushing this past week. Uh, where do you go with the running game? You know, we just—we got to get hats on the right people. Um, you know, a couple of those fourth downs we. We missed the backside linebacker twice when we should have. We had a hat accounted for him, and we didn't get it done. Um, you know, it, it's the, – everybody, I think, has to be patient because when you got four backs, we probably got six wideouts. We got three tight ends. Everybody wants the ball, and, and if you start to get selfish um, – you know, and you want more and more and more. I, I know, especially at wideouts, you know, they want the ball. That's their mentality. I understand that. But, um, you know, if you start to get a little bit irritated because you're not getting it as much as somebody else, you know, with all those people that can play, I mean, they're they're all good, good players. And it's just, you know, sometimes there's not enough snaps in the game. But I can tell them this that their time's going to come at some point in time. You know, it may be this first game, four carries, next game, four carries. All of a sudden now, you know, it's it's 15 carries for 119 type of thing. And, and so it'll come, um, you know, in, in, but it, it's it's hard. We, you know, we got that many people. I mean, that they're just not enough balls to go around. Good problem to have, though. It's a great problem <laughs> to have, a yeah. great problem to have. Yeah. So, you know, we got tight ends that can go catch the football, too. So, uh, they want the ball. Everybody wants the ball. Um, you know, I said me, I don't want it. But. Not, well, you're a defensive <laughs> yeah. guy. Um, I think I just made the classic mistake that we all make and media makes. You know, I asked, what's wrong with the running backs? Or what are you doing about the running backs? But it's really not all about the running backs. You alluded to it. It's the offensive line. they got to get their blocks. It's a tight end has to block. It's a wide receiver 
who might have to block, right? It's not just about the running backs. You could be an all-pro running back, and if you don't have an opening to run through, you're going to get thrown for a loss. Correct. And so when you said that, I never once thought, as you said it, that there was something wrong with our running backs. I, I thought if we get hats on the right people, um, you know, and, and stay on blocks, then we'll be all right because we do have good runners, no question. Hey, let's we'll talk some more defense, particularly when Andrew gets up here. And, and obviously he had, you know, a star-studded game with the 10 tackles and the three straight on a three and out. Uh, defensive player of the week. But I'd like you to talk a little bit about the young guys in the secondary who really stepped up. Uh, Samari Springs makes his first start, obviously, with the injury to Brendan Conacher. And you had Daniel Jones at the other safety position. He's a sophomore who didn't play much as a freshman. And just how both of those guys did almost in tandem in their first really full college football game together. We'll start with Samari. Uh, That dude's going to be a star. I mean, a complete a star, a great player, an all-conference guy. Um, I just I watch him come out to practice, man. And he's got a bounce in his step every day. I mean, it's it's not the drug you're dragged to feet. It's a bounce, and he's been taught correctly from his high school coaches to his dad to his granddad. He knows he knows how to play the game. He's got unbelievable instincts, athletic ability. Um, you know, him and Marcus Vincent both, we, we saw those guys early in camp and said, wow, uh, we hit a home run on both those guys. Just so happens that Samari's getting an oppor- more of an opportunity than Marcus is, but both those guys are, are, are phenomenal players. And, uh, and then uh, with Daniel Jones, we were redshirting him. You know, he played as a true freshman, and we actually talked to him, and he didn't have a whole lot of practice time leading up to the week. Uh, we were going to redshirt him. You know, we lose Conacher. Uh, Trey Lucas just had uh, some meniscus issues. He'll be back at some point in time. And uh, we, we told Daniel, you're coming out of uh, red shirt. And uh, thank goodness we did. He had a good game, and, and he's a good player, too. We always knew he was going to be a good player. We thought, let's give him a red shirt. Oh, and then uh, Gabe Thomas. Mm-hmm. So we had Gabe Thomas, Trey Lucas, and um, uh, Conacher, all three out. So we brought Daniel out, and Daniel had a really good game, and Daniel will start again this week. Well done, and, of course, he had the exclamation point with the interception that clinched the game uh, down the stretch. Hey, one more question before we take a break, and then Andrew and Garrett will join us. And I feel like I've kind of buried the headline a little bit here, and I'm going to play to the crowd, which radio guys do, but congratulations to you on your first victory as Richmond Spiders head coach. Well done. Wow. That's what I was looking yeah, for. I didn't, How did it feel? I never, never even thought about it. Oh, come on. Really? I never even thought about it. I was sitting up. We, we were upstairs in that. It wasn't even a locker room. It was just kind of a room, and I was sitting there, and, and Kenny Hart comes walking in and hands me a game ball, and uh, which was awful nice of him. And for him to do that, I never even thought about it. He handed it to me. He said, I'll get this written up first victory as a spider coach, which was, was pretty cool. So, uh I got to thank Kenny for that, but I never even thought about. I didn't even think about it. Uh, you know, I just thought, I just thought, wow, us, the players, the coaches, we all got, you know, we got over the hump and got one here. You know that. I, I think we, I think people were pressing and and uh, hmm. players and coaches to, you know, because it is, it was, it is a newness about it, and you just don't know how to expect and how people are going to react and. Um, and I, now I told him on Sunday, I think we can all just take a deep breath, relax, go play football, and have fun. 
It's funny you say that because as the guys walked off of the sideline to go shake hands with, with Colgate, I think I said that on the air, that it, the body language just looked like it was just a sense of relief. Yeah, I think so. To get that You victory. might want to ask these guys, and, and they may say it just because I, I said it on Sunday, but, you know, it, for me it was a sense of relief because of, you know, just the newness of it all and, and, and a new group together and what to expect and those types of things. So, uh, you know, I – I actually feel so much better now, you know, sitting here and, and, and practicing and, and getting ready than, than I have since I got here last uh, January. Well, congratulations on Thank number you. one, the first of many more to come. We're coming back to Outback in just a moment. Andrew Clyde and Garrett Hudson, our special player guests, will join us after a break on the Spider Sports Line live from Outback Steakhouse on ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. This is the Spider IMG Sports Network. Powered by Ace Electric. Back by popular demand, Steak and Lobster are together again. This duo can't stay apart for long, mate. Outback Steak and Lobster starting at $14.99 for a limited time. We're pairing our tender, juicy signature steaks with our mouth-watering steamed lobster tail. But hurry in, Steak and Lobster starting at $14.99. A deal this good won't last for long. We've also brought back one of your favorites, the loaded Bloomin' Onion. It's our signature Bloomin' Onion topped with delicious Aussie cheese fries. Hi, Richmond fans. Bob Black here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Richmond or on the other side of the world. Globally or locally, UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, the official logistics company of Richmond Athletics. For the first time anywhere in Virginia, Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue invites you to go hog wild with a traditional down-home all-you-can-eat country pig-picking feast. The last Monday of each month from 6 to 8 p.m., Buzz will be slow cooking up a whole pig, seasoning only fresh hickory cut logs. Served with plenty of side dishes and fresh brewed iced tea for just $16.95. It's a pork lover's paradise. First come, first served while it lasts. So make sure to arrive early. Details available at buzzandneds.com. Now, a sports reflection from Town Bank. A driver's license isn't required for the Daytona 500, so after racing at 200 miles per hour, drivers may have to hitch a ride home. Town Bank. This is your town. This is your bank. Equal housing lender member FDIC. Now, a sports Welcome reflection. Welcome back to the Spider Sports Line with head football coach Russ Huseman. We're live at Outback Steakhouse, 7917 West Broad Street, and broadcasting live on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Third and 10, Richmond at the Spider 45 yard line. Laletta from the gun. Good snap. Backpedal, sets, throws down the middle of the field. Garrett Hudson in traffic, pulls it in for his first catch of the day. Inside the 30 and down to the 25. That's a name we haven't heard much at all. Uh, this Today at all, I don't think, I think that's his first target, first opportunity, and he made the most of it. That was a difficult catch. The defender was right there on him. He reaches around, catches the ball around him, and falls to the ground with it. Great job by Garrett Hudson. On third and 11, the Spiders pick up a first down on a 30-yard completion. That's the play that Coach Usman and I were just talking about, one of the third-down conversions, key third-down conversions that led to a touchdown for the Spiders Saturday at Colgate. Welcome back to the Spider Sports Line. Along with Coach Usman, I'm Bob Black. Our special player guests have joined us, defensive lineman Andrew Clyde and tight end Garrett Hudson. 
by way of introduction for HUD, you heard that play-by-play. So, Garrett, let's let's start right there. Coach and I had talked about it. You just heard the way we described it. Take us through that play, knowing that it was third and long, a critical play, and you truly had a defensive back either right in your line of vision or, you know, right on your uniform number. Take us through it. Uh, me and Kyle had watched a lot of film throughout the week and noticed that uh, when we got in that particular formation, they rolled to cover three a lot, left the uh, the seam wide open. So I knew once the ball was snapped, I just had to get outside the linebacker, and we'd had a, a window to throw it into. So it was just a great throw, and we converted on a big third down. Now you're being kind of modest because it was a tight window, and you weren't wide open. What was the struggle like to catch that pass? Um, I, would, I just saw it was a little underthrown. Um, we do a bunch of ball drills before practice, and Coach Durden says if the ball's underthrown to throw the brakes on and go up and high point it. So I was kind of just, you know, every day before practice just uh, kind of took over. Uh, it was your first catch of the game. turned out to be your only catch of the game, which, is, which has been rare. Uh, and really the first time you had been targeted by Kyle, I think Chris mentioned that all day. How do you kind of uh, approach that, be patient, as Coach said, sooner or later, your your number's going to be called and your time's going to come. Yeah, I mean, we have so many guys on offense. It's I've kind of uh, accepted the fact that I may not be getting the ball as much as last year, and I'm okay with that. Um, you know, we're trying to get the run game going right now, so I've really been focusing on uh, trying to get my assignments down and get better in the run game and, um, you know, maybe get the, the running back some, some more yards that we weren't getting the past couple weeks. Um and I'll just wait for my opportunity in the passing game. That said, did you guys kind of sense in the huddle how big a play that was uh, to keep that drive going and knowing how difficult it was Saturday to score points? Yeah. Um, during the week, we'll have a, a period where we work on third down and the coaches make a big point of uh, letting us know the down and distance. And um, so we're, we're cognizant of that uh, throughout the game. And we kind of in the huddle just said, guys, let's get this one. And um, you know, let's go score some points because we, we, we struggled that game to, to get the ball in the end zone. Russ, what goes through the head coach's mind when you hear your player talk about, you know, being patient to catch passes, knowing we got a lot of star players at wide receiver, knowing we got to get the running game going. I mean, it kind of defines team player, doesn't it? Yeah, no question about that. And, uh, you know, our, our, we, we got a great group of guys. There's no question. I mean, they're, 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 they're hard workers. They're great kids. They're great individuals, and 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 I think I think they've all kind of understand this. Like there's a lot of weapons on offense, and you know they just got to understand that their number is going to be called. His number is going to be called in another critical situation. He may have a he he may have a day where he's got 11 catches for 115 yards. That day's probably going to come before the season's over. But also. You know, it may be the one big third down catch that, that we have to have. And, and he's being modest now. That, that, it ain't just putting the brakes on and making that catch. Now, he, I think he, you probably trapped that thing on the back of the DB a little bit there. I mean, so it was a – I mean, he's being modest, and that's nice of him to be modest. But, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that he wasn't wide open like you said, and it wasn't put the brakes on and make a high, high point catch. It was a guy draped all over him. So – uh, yeah, but those are big plays, and if you get one of those a, de- a game to help you win a game, you know I think they're all pretty happy. Hey, Garrett, fortunately, our offense over the last couple of years is used to scoring a lot of points. I mean, we're averaging 30-plus a game. You had you know, 34 in the Sam Houston game. Now, all of a sudden, you're in a low-scoring dogfight like Saturday at Colgate. How would you guys react to that? Was there any frustration? Um, just just kind of how did you act to the fact that, hey, 
this is a rare time that we're not scoring points. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we were moving the ball well, and everybody knew that, and they, they knew that we were kind of uh, – the, the our offense was better than their defense. We were just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. So was, every time we came off the field and punted or didn't get on fourth down or something, we'd just say that, you know, let's uh, we're better than them. Let's go out there and execute, and then we can win the game. But we just weren't executing. All right, the uh, guy on the other side of me here likes defensive struggles because he's a defensive guy, and he's the reason it was a defensive game, at least when the Spiders were on the field defensively. Ten tackles, one and a half for loss, quarterback sack, actually knocked down a couple of passes, had that one just highlight-filled sequence when he uh, stopped Colgate on all three plays with a quarterback sack, a pass deflection, and a tackle for loss. Andrew Clyde, justifiably the CAA Defensive Player of the Week. How do you feel about the game you had? Those numbers kind of speak for themselves, but what about the game you and your defense had in a low-scoring three-point victory? Yeah, I mean, definitely with the points, it was good to see those you know, go in a direction that we wanted to after the Sam Houston game. But I think looking back at the film, there were a lot of things to improve on. We can still improve on tackling. We can still improve on just some assignment-type things. But, um, you know, we, we got the win. We held them to under 20, so... Um, you know, we're, we're proud of the win, but uh, still definitely a lot of room for improvement. How much emphasis was there on improving the tackling, and how far do you think you came in one week? And let me ask three questions. And one, was it kind of an aberration week one? I mean, this team has shown they've been pretty solid tacklers in the past. Yeah, I mean, week one, I said it after the game. Like, coming off that game, it was really embarrassing to, I guess, tackle that way. And that was an emphasis all week, that first Tuesday practice, you know, Every, every drill, whether it was individual or team, tackling was stressed. Wrapping up was, in, was uh, you know, really stressed out. So, um, you know, to see it work, I guess, to a degree in the game shows that, you know, we had our minds in the right place during practice. We were able to translate, translate that over to the game. But, um, you know, we still got to get better in that area going forward. When's the last time you had a sequence, like the three-play sequence you had in that game? Quarterback sack, pass deflection, tackle for loss, three and punt. Um. I guess three plays in a row would be back in high school. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was fun. I don't know. I feel like, you know, once you get one play, you always just get a little more juice. And then two plays in a row, you're really hyped up. So, um, you know, after that third play, the third play, they just didn't block me. There was a miscommunication. They were arguing right before the play about which way they were supposed to go. So it, it wasn't really anything I did. I just had to make the <laughs> tackle. But, um, you know. After that, we got really excited. I think it provided a lot of momentum to our defense um, going forward into that fourth quarter to, you know, keep holding them, um, you know, try not to make it too close of a game. You guys are way too modest for us. What's going on here? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, first I heard, oh, I just that's the first I heard that linemen were arguing. That's pretty <laughs> funny there. Um, but that, I'm sure that happens. You probably hear and see so many things that happen during the course of a game and the communication that goes on. And uh, But uh, – yeah, I mean, he, he had a great game, and he played well against Sam Houston State. Um, I think, you know, between him and uh, Colby Ritten, I mean, I can't believe there's two better inside guys in the conference than those two guys combined. So we're, we're pretty excited. Colby, uh, you know, he was our player of the week, and Colby was a player of the week uh, against Sam Houston State. So two defensive tackles, back-to-back uh, players of the week for us as coaches. Hey, let me digress for just a moment before we look forward. What was the Sam Houston State game like for you? Obviously, all the uncertainty, things happening. And for those of you who don't know, Andrew's a Dallas, Texas native. Um, and we had talked about 
some relatives that you had in the Houston area, and then the game gets moved even closer to your home in Dallas. What was that whole experience like? Yeah, I mean, it was nice to be able to see, um, you know, some family and friends that haven't come to a game before. But um, anytime you have a situation like that where, you know, the whole process is kind of getting dragged out, it just makes you want to focus so much more on the actual event. And, um, you know, I think we were focused in our preparation, but come game day we really didn't execute like we wanted to. Um, but I guess the whole the whole event was kind of special, being you know as close to home as you know I've ever come in uh, college so far. Um, you had talked to us or to me earlier in the week about an uncle in Houston. Uh, how did everybody come out of the the hurricane down there from your family? Yeah, somehow or another, everyone um, was safe. I mean, he lives in the city of Houston, so um, you know, for him to still be dry, no damage is really. Um, it was pretty special, I guess. Absolutely. We're, we're really uh, thankful that everybody was okay from, from your family perspective. We're at the bottom of the hour. Let's take a break. We'll come back and start to look ahead uh, with these guys, with Andrew Clyde and Garrett Hudson and Coach Usman as the Spiders prepare for their first home game of the year, family weekend at Robbins Stadium, coming up Saturday against the Howard Bison. We'll talk all about that on the other side of a break. This is ESPN 950, 102.7 FM, the Spider IMG Sports Network, powered by Ace Electric. What's your favorite topping that you like on your pizza? The number one pizza topping is pepperoni, of course. No matter what your favorite topping is, ESPN 950 and Papa John's Pizza are partnering to make sure that you can get your daily dose of pizza and toppings without ever paying full price again. As an ESPN 950 listener, you can save 30% off any menu item when you order online at PapaJohns.com and enter the promo code ESPN950. That's pizzas, breadsticks, wings, and desserts. Papa John's Pizza. Better ingredients, better pizza. Now 30% off for pizza lovers everywhere. Here at City Dogs, we have created 13 unique hot dogs famous for the cities they originated from. Voted one of the 10 best hot dog restaurants in the state by bestofvirginia.com. Stop by today to try one of our featured dogs, such as... The Boston Dog, loaded with bacon, sauerkraut, and relish, perfect for the New England fan and all of us. City Dogs has two locations in Richmond, downtown in Shaco Slip at 1316 East Cary Street, and in the fan, 1309 West Main Street. At UR's School of Professional and Continuing Studies, we offer flexible and affordable degrees and professional education programs to help you start, advance, or change your career. Check out our degrees in nonprofit studies, teacher licensure preparation and information security, or explore our new coding boot camp and professional beer brewer certificate programs with evening classes and affordable tuition you can earn a ur degree or certificate on your terms the university of richmond school of professional and continuing studies sometimes you have to go back to get ahead visit spcs.richmond.edu for details at the university of richmond you get a leading liberal arts university in a dynamic capital city where you can be an accountant and an artist. Research alongside faculty and have an internship in your field. Be part of Division I athletics and highly ranked academics. The University of Richmond. We are, you are. It's Spider Football and Lunch at Outback Steakhouse, 7917 West Broad Street. You're listening to the Spider Sports Line with head football coach Russ Huseman on ESPN 950 and 102.7 FM. Now the Spider defense trying to get a three and out of its own. Oh, here's a terrific play on third down and 11 again by Andrew Clyde, smothering the ball carrier all the way back at the eight-yard line. 
back-to-back, making his presence felt. We've said that several times a day, and he just looks like he's having fun. Just running around, smacking people in the mouth. That's what a defensive lineman does. Pretty fair analysis from Chris Anderson there, Andrew Clyde, that you were just having fun, huh? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And we were having fun watching you in the booth as well. Welcome back to the Spider Sports Line. Andrew Clyde, Garrett Hudson, our special player guest this afternoon. We'll get into the home opener in Howard here in just a moment, but Fellas, Coach and I were talking about, and I know he talked to you uh, in your Sunday meeting about kind of this sense of relief to get the victory at Colgate. We kind of noticed it from upstairs at the end of the game, just the way you guys kind of carried yourselves and came off of the field. How about it, uh, Garrett? First, what was kind of the emotion at the end of Colgate knowing that you had won a hard-fought game and had gotten that first victory of the year? Well, I actually just saw this on, on Twitter earlier. We had the longest camp in all of college football. <laughs> and it felt it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, you know, just practicing that hard for that long and, and working, going against each other, and then we lost the first game. I think just to get a win after all of that um, just kind of validated the work that we put in and um, definitely felt good to get a to get a win. Was there a little, um, I don't know if tightness is the word that, that Coach used, but, but a little bit of that. You know, to make sure you were impressing your coaches, them making sure that you understood that kind of thing, that, that maybe you got that monkey off your back now with the victory? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, with the new coaching staff, they, you know, they, they've seen film of us playing before and stuff, but you want to impress them and, and show them that you can play and you should be out on the field. And, um, you know, I think after a couple of games and then to get the win, um, everybody feels a little bit more comfortable in the situation. I think we're ready to go for the rest of the year. Andrew? Yeah, so um, I think getting the win was really huge. I mean, looking just at our schedule uh, before they even started, we knew out of conference was going to be tough. Um, You know, that really, I think, became a lot tougher than many of us expected after we saw the Howard win against UNLV after week one. And then in conference, we know every game's a dogfight. You know, there's really no guarantee there. So to be able to get one, be able to get one step closer to, um, you know, our goal is a playoff, getting a seed and, you know, making an impact – you know, in the playoffs, uh, it's a good step forward. Russ, what's the head coach's take on that? I think Andrew makes a good point about how challenging the non-conference portion of the schedule has become. And maybe at the outset, you know, we all know Boston College was supposed to be on the schedules and FBS. When they're not there, people are like, well, our non-conference won't be quite as good. Wrong. As it turns out, you get Sam Houston State top 20 team or top 10 team, top five team, followed by Colgate top 25 team. And now Howard comes in on the heels of what they did, not only against UNLV, but also how well they played Kent State last week, right? Yeah, I mean, it's you, I, I never really thought about it that way. Um, but, you know, that is, a, you know, obviously a lot of people, as I look at it, you know, the, all, all I thought about was Sam Houston State. I never thought, because I think we can win the conference. And, and so no matter, no matter what happens, in my mind, no matter what happens in the first three games, obviously you want to win them all um, because it, it makes a difference in, in seeding and things. But I always thought we could win a conference, and that's what our goal, one of our goals was. And we talk about that. We want to win a championship. And so, you know, just thinking, well, these three games, where are we going to be? How are we going to do? Um, but, but I think he's right. It turned out that Probably, as you look, you know, when you drop Boston College, pick up Sam Houston State, now you're thinking, eh, it's not a bad start mm-hmm. to the season. But then as you get into it, you figure out Colgate's pretty good, Howard's pretty good, 
and then obviously Sam Houston. So, you know, it it makes it a tough stretch, but uh, to get the to get the Colgate win was big. Garrett, what will it mean to finally play a home game? I mean, as you said, it was the longest camp in college football, and almost every day was on that field at Robin Stadium. What will the difference be having eyes watching you now in Robin Stadium rather than just practicing there? Yeah, I mean, the first game of the year every year since I've been here has always been sold-out game. Stands are packed. Um, so just getting to play in front of our fans, and you know, it'll be a crazy atmosphere, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, we'll have a lot of energy, and we'll be ready to go. How prepared do you think you are because of those two road games? I mean, I know Sam Houston State wound up not on their home field, and then at Colgate. How much does being on the road the first two weeks prepare you? Uh, I mean, I think it prepares us a lot. It's it's hard to play on the road, and I mean, with the traveling and and uh, you know, I feel like everything's a little bit more rushed, and then you don't have as many fans there. Um, you know, we've got a lot of free time coming up after after classes are done on Friday because we don't have to get on a plane and get on a bus and get where we need to go. We'll just be um, meeting and, and, you know, taking care of our bodies and getting ready to play. Andrew, you kind of alluded to it, but obviously we all saw the score of the Howard-UNLV game and saw the highlights. How much did that kind of grab the guys' attention as you now prepare for that team? And, again, not only that game, but also how well they played Kent State this past week. Yeah, so um, definitely the scores of the games. Looking at the box scores, you can tell that they're a solid team, and um, you know their performance really jumped out. But now, kind of as we're getting into the film, looking at their individual players and their schemes, you realize that you know this really is a confident group of guys that we're about to face. They're talented. They got a great quarterback and a great running back. Um, you know, and a really really good O line. So um, you know. It, it kind of validates what we've been hearing, seeing that on film, and um, you know now we're just ready to get after it and show them that we're pretty good too. Guy named Newton at quarterback, huh? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a very dynamic runner, an effective passer. Um, you know, he's really shown in those two games that he has what it takes to win. So um, you know, it'll it'll be a fun a fun game going up against a guy like that. Kalen Newton is Cam Newton's. Uh, younger brother. I don't think Cam is going to be there this weekend. I think he's got his own game to be preparing for, but it's just another storyline in the game. I don't think either of you guys would have been familiar with Mike London at all, but I'm I'm sure, Andrew, you've heard the name and you know he's a Richmond grad and coached the team in the national championship. Does that factor not X's and O's wise, but I mean, I'm sure you've heard it. Yes? No? Yeah, we've definitely heard it. I think we talked about it yesterday um, in one of the press conferences, but for the players, I think it's really much more of, like you said, an X's and O's game. Um, I think any hype with that might come from, you know, Coach London coming back or from the fans just seeing an old coach that they're familiar with. But, I mean, as far as Garrett and I, I think that was before our time. Yep. And, you know, 08 and 09, I guess the years he were here were – I don't even know if we were thinking about Richmond football <laughs> then. So, um, <laughs> you know, I can't say we have a lot of familiarity with him, but um, I'm sure he does with us, and he's excited about it. Well, let me finish up with you guys, and you actually are lucky because your food hasn't gotten here yet, so it's not getting cold, which is what I normally do to the players. Um, when did you st- – refresh our memories. You've been here before. Garrett has also. Um, when did you start thinking about Richmond? Um, the old essay question is, why Richmond? How, and it's obviously worked out very well for you, but you've come a long way from Dallas, Texas to Richmond, Virginia. How so? Yeah, so um, I guess in high school I didn't switch to D-line until my junior year, and mm-hmm. um, it was about after that season where I even started thinking about whether you know college football would be a thing or not. So out of the schools that I already was just looking at for academic reasons, um, the ones that I thought I could have a chance at, I sent out my film to the you know recruiting guys at those at those various schools, and um. 
Richmond was the only one that ended up offering me, so decided to come here. Yeah. It seems to happen a lot. Our, our coaches are shrewd. They're smart. That 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 story seems to happen happen an awful lot. Well, I said that previous staff did a great job of recruiting. You did. I really did. I mean, they did. they did a great job, and and there's there's good players here. Yeah, but you guys are doing the same thing with the guys you're bringing in. We can we can kind of see that as well. What what was the most attractive part of Andrew Clyde's game that you saw, Russ, when you watched tape as you became the head coach here? Um, I, you know, as soon as you see him, you, you, you thought this guy will fit really nicely into our four-two-five scheme. We thought three technique, um, which, you know, is, is more of a little bit of a more of a dynamic type of player, have the ability to run. Um, so, you know, when we watched him, we kind of thought, yeah, this guy will be really good. Uh, and we thought three technique immediately, but he can play both. He can play the, the you know, he can play the, the nose or the three technique and, and not have any problems with them. All right, Garrett, take us again through your process of Richmond. And, and you took a different path, obviously, because you started collegially at the University of North Carolina, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I decided to transfer from North Carolina um, after our bowl game uh, that year, which is, you know, late December. And I was kind of in a time a time crunch to try and get somewhere in the spring so I didn't miss out on a you know a couple months of playing football and lifting weights with a college strength coach and um, you know I had I had offers from JMU, Liberty and Richmond and I kind of just looked at the results of the previous season Richmond had the best year hmm. they graduated three tight ends I thought it was a great fit so um, you know I decided to come here. Has this met those expectations or exceeded it uh, obviously you're very comfortable here at the University of Richmond. Yeah, no, I couldn't be happier with my decision. Um, you know, I just I finished up all my classes last semester for my uh, business major, so I got a great education. And right now I'm taking one class and um, you know just playing football and loving life. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> you I wish I wish I had his life right now. <laughs> All right, well, these guys are about to get lunch, so we're going to let them go do that. Garrett Hudson, Andrew Clyde, thanks, fellas, for being with us. Good luck Saturday. Look forward to a big crowd cheering you on. Thanks, guys. Take a break. Come back with uh, email and some other questions for Coach Usman when our Spider Sports Line continues in a moment. You're in tune with ESPN 950 down in the Tri-Cities. We're on 102.7 FM. This is the Spider IMG Sports Network, powered by Ace Electric. Lux Chevrolet is celebrating their 100-year anniversary, and they're going to use their century of experience to help you find your next Silverado, Suburban, Impala, Malibu, or Equinox. Lux Chevrolet uses their vast knowledge of GM vehicles to help you maintain and service your vehicle to keep it on the road longer and help maintain its value. So for Chevrolet sales, service, or parts, go where experience reigns supreme. Lux Chevrolet in Ashland and online at LuxChevrolet.com. Proud to be family-owned since 1960. Geico presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Why do we love pizza so much? Is it the hot and gooey mozzarella cheese? The fresh-baked dough? The fact that we get to choose our toppings and crust? We know you love pizza, and your friends at Papa John's want you to get your pizza without ever paying full cost again. 
As an ESPN 950 listener, you can save 30% off any menu item when you order online at papajohns.com and enter the promo code ESPN950. That's pizzas, breadsticks, wings, and desserts online at papajohns.com. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's. At UR's School of Professional and Continuing Studies, we offer flexible and affordable degrees and professional education programs to help you start, advance, or change your career. Check out our degrees in nonprofit studies, teacher licensure preparation in information security, or explore our new coding boot camp and professional beer brewer certificate programs. With evening classes and affordable tuition, you can earn a UR degree or certificate on your terms. The University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies. Sometimes you have to go back to get ahead. Visit spcs.richmond.edu for details. The Cardinals and Colts at 1. Dolphins and Chargers at 4. Catch NFL football doubleheaders every Sunday afternoon on ESPN 102.7 FM. We're in the second half of today's Spider Sports Line, but it's not too late for you to be a part of the show. Call us at 521-8501. Send your tweet to at Spider Voice. Text us 804-638-9508 or send an email to spidersportsline at richmond.edu. Let's get back to Outback Steakhouse, 7917 West Broad Street. Back to throw his scarf on and he has the ball knocked away and intercepted by Trey Moore. He got hit in the backfield. I think it was Andrew Clyde who hit the arm of Scarfone. The ball popped up in the air and Trey Moore dove and caught it. And the Spider defense with the first turnover of the game. Final segment of the sport, Spider Sports Line. We're back here each and every Thursday from noon to one. Here is Outback Steakhouse 7917 West Broad Street, our 10th consecutive year hosting the football version of our radio show saturday's coverage against howard two o'clock game espn 950 the ur bookstore tailgate show at one our kickoff show at 130 robert fish and matt smith will be in the booth to bring you the radio call we are also on television saturday on comcast Sportsnet plus in the mid-atlantic it's also on several of their regional sports networks across the country including out on the west coast So we'll be coast-to-coast on Saturday afternoon as well. Chris Anderson and I will be in the TV booth. Uh, Chris's first shot at television, by the way, so take it easy on him. He's already already nervous about the shirt and tie combo that he's got to wear. And Sean Robertson will be on the sideline for us from CBS 6, so we're looking forward to that. All right, Russ, we got a little more than five minutes in a fast-paced show this afternoon. Let me go to our email in the inbox. One of the things you guys talked about when you got here was how up-tempo the offense would be, how fast it would be moving. So the question is, through the first two games, is it fast enough to your satisfaction, or was it slowed down a little bit last week because of the type of game that you were in against Colgate? Against Sam Houston, ran almost 90 plays, and against Colgate, 70. Well, we I don't think anybody said we were going to be fast-paced. Uh, we were going to be no huddle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could speed it up when we needed to, but – we're not uh, – we, we just because you're a no huddle doesn't mean you're a fast-paced team. And, you know, we got a bunch of plays against Sam Houston State. But, uh, you know, we're not – I'm not interested in, in just uh, speed, speed, speed. I mean, we want to we wanna get the right play in. We want to do the right thing. So, I don't think anybody is going to confuse us with being a high-tempo, mm-hmm. fast type of offense. All right. Thank you, Larry. Appreciate the question. If you've got others, Spider Sports Line at richmond.edu, and you can email those either during the show or when you think of them during the week. All right, let's focus on Howard for the last five minutes or so, and 
Let me just start with the obvious, Mike London coming back. Uh, you and he have worked together at William & Mary and at Richmond and obviously the national championship, and I know you guys are, are still good friends. How does that kind of impact what you're doing on the sideline uh, during the game? You very definitely want to win it, but just a, l- a little bit about what it's like to have a guy you know so well on the other sideline. Well, Mike is a good friend of mine, no question about that. But a lot of times you coach against good friends. When I was here the last time, I coached against Jimmy Laycock at William and Mary, and uh, you know it's not about Mike or it's not about me or any of the coaches. It's it's about our team and our players. And in the University of Richmond versus Howard University, um, and I, I think Mike will say the same thing. Um, you know, we'll talk probably – well, we, we have to talk before the game because that's a requirement. So, we'll we'll chat before the game and then, and then you know, congratulate each other after the game. And uh, but and, and that will be the extent of it. But, you know, we, Mike and I stay in touch. Uh, we text back and forth every so often. And uh, great guy. I think everybody here, you know, knew Mike, a fantastic human being, excellent coach, and uh, – I told our team Mike will have that Howard football team playing with unbelievable juice and energy. Um, that's how he coaches. So, you know, we, we, we're going to have to play well because they do have, you know, they do have a talented football team. So um, that, that'll that be ready. But uh, Mike and I, you know, we, we kind of stay in touch just like all coaches do, barely. <laughs> hey, they haven't been very good lately. I mean, that's why they made a coaching change and brought Mike in. I think they were 3-19. and 19. The last two years what have you seen on tape from these first two games from Howard that has put them in the spot that they're in to to beat UNLV when they were 45 point underdogs and to play Kent State to a seven point game when they had the ball towards the end of the game and had a chance to tie it well I think Andrew kind of hit it on the head I think you know they're they're playing with a lot of confidence and sometimes that's hard when you're not very good the year before or you hadn't been good you know, to get these guys to play with confidence and believe believe that they can move the ball, believe that they can score, believe that they can stop people, and believe they can win games. And, and you know, obviously Mike's done a great job, you know, getting those guys to believe. So they are playing with a lot of confidence. They have – and I'm just – I'm speaking more offensively because I do spend a lot of time in that in our defensive room. But, uh, you know, Newton is, is, is quick and powerful. He can run. They got a tailback who I, I think is an NFL guy. Um, he'll be the best one or one of the best ones we face this year. Uh, they got a wideout that can go up and get it. They're, they've got, you know, they've got good enough players to beat anybody probably on their schedule. How much are you expecting this to be the week that both sides of the ball put it together? Obviously, Sam Houston State offense was great, defense not so much. Colgate pretty much the other way around. You know, do you expect this to be the week that? Everything comes together. I never know what to expect, Bob. I just kind of <laughs> show up. And, I mean, it's yeah, just roll the ball out and see what happens. Oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Now you're being modest. No. <laughs> you're taking a page no. out of their book. Yeah. <laughs> All right, keys to spider victory on Saturday. What what has to improve this week uh, to to get a good solid win at home? Well. I, I think for us defensively containing Newton, uh, you know, not let him get some seams in there uh, with containing him, you know, you got to tackle him. But 
you know, if we just if we just get a guy out there in, in space one on one and try to tackle him, we we have to contain him. Whether it's in the pass rush, and I know our defensive lineman has been working. Uh, you know, we can't let uh, their tailback, their running back, pop a big one on us. Um, so those two things obviously are going to be huge. Um, you know, with our offense versus their defense. You know, recognizing. Uh, what they're in, they're going to be an odd front again, very similar to what Colgate did last week, and and hopefully we can identify the right people to block. We got to get the running game going. I think if we can get the running game going, our pass game will really open up even more. Uh, but I, I think we're we're going to have to run the football better. Do you stick with getting everybody some carries? I mean, all four of those guys. You talked about how talented they are. Well, I, I'll meet with Jeff uh, Durden tomorrow morning. Uh, him and I get together and we kind of. Um, you know, go over the game plan. And uh, so, you know, I'll get a feel tomorrow for, you know, what he wants to do, you know, how he wants to get people involved in the offense. What will the feeling be like for the Spiders to play at home Saturday? Sell out crowd family weekend, and you'll be coaching your first game in Robin Stadium, even after all these days of coaching them in practice. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of weird because I've never coached a game in Robin Stadium. This will be the first one. Coached a bunch at uh, – City Stadium, and but uh, to be on campus here, it's going to be a great environment. Uh, I can't wait to I can't wait to get out there. But you know, obviously, once you get done with pregame and and you get your team back out there, then it's you you really almost don't even know where you are at that point in time. And ironically, uh, Mike London has never coached a game in Robin right, Stadium yeah. either. So so both of you will be doing it for the first time Saturday afternoon, family weekend, two o'clock. The game is sold out, as we mentioned. Radio coverage at 1 and TV coverage at 2. Russ, thanks. Uh, We will see you back here next Thursday, and we'll see you on the field Saturday afternoon. Thank you. And again, thanks to Andrew Clyde, Garrett Hudson, our special player guest today, and to all of you in attendance here at the restaurant and tuned in on ESPN 950, 102.7 FM. Folks, be sure to take care of your servers. They've been working hard to take care of you this afternoon. Talk to you with Spider Football Saturday, our pregame coverage at 1 o'clock, the action at 2. Thanks to Mitchell Bradley on location here at Outback and Matt Josephs producing from our studio. Bob Black saying so long for the Spider Sports Line. See you Saturday at Robbins Stadium. You've been listening to the Spider Sports Line with head football coach Russ Huseman, live from Outback Steakhouse, 7919 West Broad Street. Today's show is brought to you by UPS, the University of Richmond School of Professional and Continuing Studies, Lux Chevrolet, the Virginia Department of Social Services, and Outback Steakhouse. For the latest Spider Sports news and updates, visit richmondspiders.com on your computer, mobile device, and tablet. Plus, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thanks for listening to Richmond Athletics on the Spider IMG Sports Network. WXGI Richmond, WTPS Petersburg, ESPN 950. And now in the Trump.